up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, five days a week. The only daily trailblazers podcast, so join us every weekday and make it your first listen. In today's show... Good friends over at Bet Online released over under win totals for darn near every team in the NBA, except a couple that they're off the board right now. Uh, I'll, I'll spoil it right now. You can win some money going to Bet Online, betting on the Blazers over. They're going to hit it. You're going to win some money. We're going to talk about that. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Damon Lord gave a health update. Uh, kudos to uh, Orlando Sanchez from KGW here in Portland, who is where I first uh, saw this video. But uh, Damon Lord told reporters or spoke to reporters at his annual uh, basketball camp. I guess not annual because the world has been bad for a couple of years and he hasn't been able to do it. But he's back, his annual um, camp that otherwise otherwise would have in, in, in a... A different timeline. He's back coaching, and uh, and he usually on early in, in the camp days or one of the first weeks that Lillard does camp. He invites the media there. It's a media event. Um, if you've if you've been lucky enough to come to the Trailblazers, you've probably been lucky enough to go to Camp Lillard. I know I have a couple times. Uh, and he gave you know Dame gives his typical updates, but he gave a health update that I thought was pretty notable. And I first saw this video from from Orlando Sanchez, so uh, so credit to him for the providing good access. And uh, you know, shout out to KGW in general. So. Dame, among other topics, spoke about a bunch of things, but uh, in addition, spoke about his health uh, and gave a health update. And the like, the like, I feel good stuff is, is what else are you going to say? Uh, that is not the notable part to me. The like, the notable part to me is Dame describing like the real details of what he's been dealing with over the last four years. Like we know there's been a problem. Um, you know, if, if you're like a crazy diehard fan you remember dame talking about this with with like quick and freeman back in the day like uh you know in in early in like post lamarcus aldridge it was like a thing that was like he was dealing with in 2015 and 2016 like he, he had little core muscle stuff uh would flare up particularly later on like the the uh those seasons that um the 2018 season and beyond like it, it started to be like a thing he would deal with it every year um and particularly early and then he would play through it but he described it today and, uh, and I, again i saw this on kgw is uh is like that it was a baseball sized uh baseball sized swollen uh portion of his body like right at his pubic region so basically just like a like a a hernia or whatever it might be so big that it's like a, a baseball sitting right at your uh right at your belt that is this dude was averaging like th- 30 and 7 with with that type of uh struggle um and professional athletes aren't real <laughs> like, like they just they just play they're just whenever you hear about like how what guys dealt with and all these things it's like I cannot believe we watched Amy Lord play so well for as long as he did. It is um, really, really remarkable. Um, no one who plays basketball at the level that Dame does isn't wildly tough, and he is one of the really tough ones. That is, um, and I don't want to like praise playing hurt. Like that's not the point. It's just like I, I can't believe it. Really, um, that's uh, it's really something. But it, it strikes me as two things. One, he he said this is as good as he feels. He says he feels strong. You know, he got all that. He also kind of said the same thing at at at. Uh, media day heading into last season is that he was dealing with this injury in in the Olympics, but he felt better. He even said that he's was in like as healthy as he's been in years. That was very quickly not true once he got into training camp and realized that his it was still a problem. So I'm not going to put a ton of stock into him saying I feel great. 
What else is he going to say? I think the real thing here is like he's had a surgical option. He didn't have that in the past. You expect him to feel great. He should be good to go and he's back doing stuff. The thing that I really take away from Dame is that this changed the way he had to approach it. He said, you know, uh, that this was this kind of prompted a more holistic way to take care of his body. So he's getting his his plyo people. He's getting his nutrition people. He's getting his strength people. Like he's assembling a team to help take care of this body that maybe he was, you know, playing on, on less than 100% for a long time. Uh, like I think the sort of knowledge of, of, of you know, as you've played as long and as well as he has in the league is you've got to, you've got to maintain it. And like longevity is what's going to set Dame apart as the greatest trailblazer of all time is longevity. Uh, and I thought it's, it's notable that he's, you know, he's got the specialists on him. I, I remember back in the day, Dame used to, um, he used to get away from basketball and like just do a lot of pool workouts, get off his feet. Like it was just like in the summertime, play less. Uh, and he's really adopted that, like playing less over the last few years and doing, doing different and other things. Um, it's been really good playing less worked out, but like this is even to that next step. Um, this is uh, someone understanding just sort of the more and more body care maintenance as as their career moves along. The other big thing for me, like this takeaway from Dame and injury stuff and all of that, is that what a good mental break for him. Damon Lord, who is a phrase you'll always use if you listen to any interviews, is getting your mind right. He's always talking about getting our collective mind right. Kind of just like the, the proper focus needed to win NBA basketball games. Seasons long, um, much of it is a, much of it is a mental battle is, uh, to an extent. Uh, and I just think the super extended time off, like his last game was December 31st. He had, you know, he got... Uh, surgery a couple weeks later, he said he was basically back in rehabbing. I think he, he, that was already out there. And he had, he had told reporters that in the past, but like back in rehabbing pretty much right away, maybe a little slow rehab process after he really thought he was going to be like, okay, maybe I'll play again this year. Uh, that was never in the cards, but I think physically he maybe felt like, oh, I'll be ready to play this year. And it was, um, there was a point when he was having to take it a little easier physically because, uh, because it wasn't, um, just because you haven't taken it a little bit easier physically, as it was what he explained to, to reporters at a summer camp. But, uh, to me, it's like the, the mental break, the mental toll for a guy like Dame who's had to, who just has to do a bunch and so much of just like be, of like winning in the highest levels of basketball is like being disciplined to do, to do what you're like, to get good shots, to do, to take, you know, uh, to get yourself into the good things, not cut corners, and it gets harder and harder. Like, there's a real, real mental toll. And I think getting actual time off is incredibly valuable for Dame. Like, just the just the mental break is incredible for him. So, that is your that is your Damon Lillard news update. Um, I don't think, that, like, it's mostly just like a, whoa, that sounds worth that. Four years of dealing with a baseball at your belt sounds like um, something I wouldn't play through and make several All-NBA teams. Uh, I'm excited to see Damon Lillard healthy this year. Like, I'm... I think the most fun part of the Blazers season is like, is not just like, how oh, is it all going to fit? It's just like Dame's, Dame's going to be back. Dame's going to be back. Like the, the, the engine of this thing, a guy who's one of the 10 best players in the league when he's going is going to be back and able to go. And I'm excited to watch him. We're going to watch him play for a team that you can win money betting on. Uh, Today, uh, the the betting partner of this podcast and then uh, a website you can visit, betonline.net released all all of the odds for teams in the Western Conference and teams East, every team in the NBA, except for a couple that are off the board. Uh, you can win money if you go to betonline.net right now and hit the over on the Blazers. Uh, the Blazers are at, f- at 40 and a half wins. 40 and a half wins. You can win some money. Let's talk about how much you can win some money because, listen, listen, BetOnline's giving it away. You should go get it. We'll talk about that in the second segment. 
Oh, right. Listen, BetOnline wants to give you some money. Go take advantage of it. Go to BetOnline.net right now. Sign up for a free account and bet on the Blazers to hit the over. The Blazers, your Portland Trailblazers, have the ninth shortest odds in the West. So their win total is the ninth highest in the West based on over-under projections. But it's like, it's not a win projection. It's a betting line. It's a very different thing, in my opinion. But the ninth shortest odds. So if you want to treat it like standings, they would be the ninth best team in the West. I think that's generally where people think they are. Somewhere from the the, the six, six to the... Six to nine, six to ten, six to nine range. Like I think that's that's totally fair. But forty and a half seems wrong. Go to betonline.com right now and go ahead and make some money. I'm gonna talk about odds for the rest of this podcast. All of them come from Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Check it out. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. But listen, listen, listen. The Blazers are gonna give you free money. They're gonna win more than forty games. They have always done this. That's about a four eight eight win percentage. Uh, during Damon Lowe's career, he's had three seasons in which his team has failed to win that many games, percentage-wise, because of uh, lockout stuff and COVID stuff. The seasons are a little bit different. So we're going to go win percentage because it's the easiest way to do this. The first year that Damon Lowe didn't win 48% of his games was his rookie year. Shout out to JJ Hickson. That team wasn't good. Dame was fantastic, but you know it's it's hard for rookies to lead truly good teams. They competed for longer than we thought. They lost the final thirteen games of the regular season, and they kept it moving because they knew they had a star. By year two, Damian Lillard was an All Star. The Blazers won their first playoff series in twenty years, and it was time to roll. Or fifteen years, and it was time to roll. It's good stuff. Uh, he was he was good right away, and he didn't have a win percentage like that. Again, until the, the the COVID year, until 2019-20. Uh, that, was, that was just a bad roster and a bad season for Portland, period. Um, like, you know, Nurk gets hurt in spring of that year. Then they go to the Western Conference Finals. Then Ennis Cantor walks, and they're left um, kind of scrambling. Cantor had been a good center for him. They're left kind of scrambling. They make the trade for Myers and Mo Harkless to get Hassan Whiteside. Kind of a fine trade on paper because, like, Hassan Whiteside's a better starting center than Myers Leonard by like a, a fairly wide margin. So uh, it's, but he's not that good either. And then the rest of their forward depth was Hazonia and Anthony Tolliver behind Zach Collins. I think the idea was that they were going to be gigantic. Zach Collins got hurt right away. Rodney Hood got hurt right away. The season just blew up and the Blazers were a, were a bad basketball team. Uh, Damon Lord went bonkers in the in in the uh bubble and they made the ended up getting the eighth seed and making making the playoffs and, and taking game off the lakers but like that team was bad but that team was bad with like catastrophic stuff um you know nurk and then zach and then rodney hood all all in a row um you know plus the cancelization of the of the season um that they were bad when the season ended like the bubble saved them they were going to be uh you know they basically invented the uh david lord famously said I don't want to go to D- Disney if I don't have a chance. They basically invented the play-in to, uh, to, for, so Dame would have a reason to go, and he made sure to make it count. But, but that season, that sort of like truly bizarre season was the last time it happened before this year. And this year, to be clear, they tried to lose at the end. They, they punted the last 23 games, like aggressively lost them. Um, mission accomplished. Congratulations, Shaden Sharps on the roster. Uh, hopefully he's the, like a star. True star that changes the the future of this franchise. That's that's what you're hoping for from from this reward. But the Portland was never good. 
They were never good this year. They were never good. They were 13-22 and 22 when Dame got hurt, got hurt. And even when, when Ant and Nurk and Winslow got them rolling after the trade deadline, or even just Ant and Nurk got them rolling a little bit in January, and they were, like, competent again, they never got closer than six games under 500. Like, they never really ripped off four or five games in a row. By the time they won four games in a row, just the second time all year, was right before the All-Star break. And even then, they were pretty, like, they, that was a nice, really fun week, the most fun week of the year by a mile. But, like, they were... Just has a win percentage. They're just bad. They're a bad, bad basketball team. Uh, I don't know if this was catastrophic, but this was just bad vibes. This was the year of terrible vibes. So, so, if you believe that the vibes are better, which I do, I think Dame seems happier. Uh, you know, I wasn't at summer camp this year, but just watching the video, uh, like, he, he seems like he's in a better spot. Uh, he's not demanding a trade, which or teasing that he's going to demand, demand a trade like he was doing last July. He just seems so much more settled, so much more settled. Um, I think the roster is, it's, it's not ideal. Like it doesn't make perfect sense, but I think like the roster has some intention behind it. And I think that helps settle them. And, and everybody got paid and they're trying this for real in earnest. They kind of knew they came to the end of the line. The executives quit. Like there's no, like, there's no, like, back office scandal, you know, front office scandal, kicking out the lead decision maker. Like the vibes were just terrible last year. I think the vibes just are better, just period, right? Like Joe Cronin is in charge and making it happen. Uh, I think year two under Chauncey has has some promise. Like the Blazers are going to win. They're, they're not going to have one of those seasons. They're, um, I've been saying on the podcast a bunch that Damian Lode on your roster guarantees 39 wins. I think the other dudes can figure out how to win two more, and then you're going to win some money at the over-under of 40 and one-half. You're going to win some money. The Blazers are going to win half their games. Go, like, go make some money. Go to bet online and do it. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be, in, um, like, actively encouraging this in case I'm wrong, but, like, if they're going to give it away, consider it. <laughs> consider it because the Blazers are going to win 41 games. They're going to win it. Let's talk over-unders for the rest of the teams in the Western Conference. Who I think is going to is going to just not even get close to the over-under line. Who's going to overachieve? That's what we'll do to close the show. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. All these odds courtesy of Bet Online, uh, the official betting partner of the Locked on Podcast Network. Blazers, ninth. 40 and a half. Hit the over, you're going to get money. Uh, then there's two teams. We're just going to work our way through the Western Conference here. Uh, there's a couple a couple neon signs here for me. I will catch them. I will, I will show them to you because they, they're jumping off the page for me. Uh, after Portland, there's a pretty big gap. New Orleans next in, next in the over-under at 45. I would, I would say 45 is a good line for the Pelicans. I would kind of lean under, and I would lean under on this next one, Minnesota 47 and a half. Um, I think this is like, I, I think Minnesota is like a 40, I, I would, I would say like 45, 46. And I think the Pelicans are like that 43, 44, maybe 42. My concern with both of these teams, and it's why I think the Blazers have a legitimate chance to finish above either of them. Uh, earlier this week, maybe I didn't pick that to happen, but like I, certainly is within the easy realm of possibility. Uh, I certainly think it's possible uh, that because both Minnesota and, uh, and New Orleans, their best, do their best players fit together? Like do, does Rudy Gobert, can he play next Carl Anthony Towns? Probably. 
Probably. Like, yeah, I think probably, but it's weird. It's weird in a way that no other teams have tried a double center look. I mean, not ever, but like, I think the closest in sort of recent memory is is something like DeMarcus Cousins and, and, uh, and, and Anthony Davis, where like your two best players are ostensibly centers. Uh, Rudy Gobert is not DeMarcus Cousins on offense or close to it, uh, but he's a great defensive player. And I, I, like, I think they're going to be good in the regular season. I just, I would probably lean under at, if, if the line is 48 wins, which it is at 47 and a half, I'll say under 48 wins. Like that, that seems, that seems fair to me. New Orleans a little harder at 45, but under, and again, it's like, do Zion, do Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram play well together? I think offensively, I worry about them more than defensively because both of them kind of want to cook with the ball in their hands and can you run, can Zion be like that screener and then playmaker playing off Brandon Ingram or do they both kind of, and Zion's really good as like point Zion. Can they make him cook? Can can it work together on offense? Uh, if it does, they have a chance to be very, very good. But I, I think that's a little in my hesitancy. hesitancy uh, and I don't love the the back half of New Orleans rotation, although they do have some really fun parts. And if Trey Murphy pops, I will... Um, you know where to find me and tell me I was wrong about this. Uh, just above this, above this line, or in the same, same, uh, same number as Minnesota, forty-seven and a half for Dallas. This is the first one that it just jumps out to me as like hit the under, hit the under. Mavs is about the no- same number of games won last year, forty-six wins last year. Uh, they they didn't get better. Like Luka Doncic would probably be better. He's a great all-timer. Like he's he's that good. Uh, but they lost one of the key elements of their offense was like another dude who could drive into the paint. I'm not a I'm not a big Christian Wood believer. Um, I'm I don't I'm just not a big fan of his game. So maybe he'll prove me wrong, and maybe that tandem where where like a big upgrade at center in theory is like mitigates some of the loss of of Brunson and uh, the return of Tim Hardaway changes things. But I don't think Dallas is going to win more games this season than they did last year. I think they're going to be pretty similar. So I would go the under. That's a big one for me. Like I I will go to bet online and probably take the Blazers with the over on the Blazers win total and under on the Mavs win total. Next is is Denver. They're forty nine. And a half. Do I think the the uh, Nuggets are a fifty win team? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, like this one's really hard for me. I I, I have this one starred in here. Like maybe they're a fifty win team. I'll lean under at forty nine. Like if I have to choose, I'm, but I'm not going to bet this one because it's too scary. Uh, Nikola Jokic made a team that was not didn't have much talent win forty three games. Kind of just like made it made it happen like he makes players better but he it's uh, on both ends and I don't want to totally disparage his teammates I'm a big Will Barton and uh Monty Morris fan but like it is what it is the roster is it should be better this year and um I th- yeah I think Jamal Murray is maybe worth a handful of wins on his own so I think I I will lean under but I think 49 and a half is a good number this next one I think you can win legitimate money Memphis has an over-under right now on betonline.net of 51 games. Grizzlies are not winning 51 games this year. No way. I know that the second-best record in the league last year. I think they're great. Um, but Jaron Jackson Jr. is such an important part of what they do on both ends. The space he provides for Jada Drive, like those pick-and-pops, is unique um, and and. He's he's really he's he opens things up on offense and he's a great defensive player. He fouls too much, but he's a great defensive player. Um, 
I think they'll miss that. I think they'll miss Kyle Anderson a little bit. Um, I know I'll miss DeAnthony Melton, but they never played him enough anyways for me to feel like he's he'll make much of an impact. But like, even if I like Memphis's group, like I, I like Zaire Williams. I think he's good. Um, I think he's going to be a, a special young player. And, and um, like, I, I really like Desmond Bain. I don't think it's a 51-win team. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out potentially until December. It could be as early as like October based on the sort of initial reports, but potentially into December, which is like pushing on, pushing into 30 games, depending on when he returns, 25, 20, 20 plus games, 25 potentially like pushing towards half of the season. That is a ton of games for him to miss. Yeah. Memphis, the under on Memphis at 51, the under on Dallas at 47 and a half and the over on Portland at 41 and a half. Those are my lock it in, go lock it in Uh golden state, 51 and a half. I'll go over, uh, I think the young guys are going to help make up for what they lost. I think they lost some really valuable parts. Otto Porter Jr. is good. Um, Belly's not that useful for him during the regular season. I thought he'd be. Um, I thought he'd be better. He was like better in the playoffs than he was during the regular season. I think Kamunga, Kuminga, excuse me, and I think Moody. Um, I messed up the wrong rookie's name. Uh, shout out to Perk. Uh, like Kuminga and Moody are are are. I think capable of being NBA rotation players pretty quickly. I have no idea what James Wiseman is. And even if he's bad, I don't think it really matters. Uh, they'll miss Gary Payton for sure. But I still think, I, I think the Warriors are going to win 53 games because it's what they do. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they're good even when you don't want them to be. Uh, Clippers 52 and a half, Phoenix 52 and a half, the best, uh, the, the highest over under win totals of any teams in the league. I'll go over on the Clippers and I'll go over on the Suns. I think the Suns are still going to be a uh, a juggernaut because there's nobody better at at winning games while your coworkers don't like you than Chris Paul. Nobody, nobody, maybe ever. Uh, and the Clippers are really good. Like if they're they were they were you know playing playing rules out right out of the playoffs last year. But if they hadn't been um, you know and that was without Paul George for a huge chunk and uh, and Kawhi Leonard, if those dudes play something like sixty percent of the season, which is um, probably about right for how much those guys play, they're going to be really good. I'll say I'll say over on fifty two and a half for the Clippers. Uh, those are your over-unders in the West. Uh, the the Utah Jazz are off the board, but they're bad no matter what happens. The, the uh, Lakers are off the board. They're probably right in the Blazers' range, I would assume, if, uh, if, if, you know, if they don't trade for Kyrie Irving, like if they just run it back with the group they have, they're probably like a 500 team. Um, potential to be a lot better because Anthony Davis is good if he ever remembers to how to make jumpers again. But like the Blazers or the Lakers roster is not impressive. They just have two of two really great players. Like the roster is bad. Um, it was bad last year and I'm not sure it's better, but it's like LeBron and AD might drag you to 42 wins. So if they're at like 40, if they're at, I think they're going to be right in the Blazers range. Like I think them and New Orleans, I think Portland, New Orleans and, and the Lakers are, are the teams that are kind of like to me, right on the same range. I think Minnesota and Dallas could be there, but I don't, I think those teams are a little better than those three. Like if I'm, if I'm doing tiers, what this really tells me is that the teams that I think can make the play-in or will compete to make the play-in are basically set. It's going to be Phoenix, the Clippers, Golden State, Memphis, Denver, Dallas, Minnesota, New Orleans, Portland, and the Lakers in some form or fashion. I do not think Sacramento is good enough to get in that mix. And the other teams in the Western Conference are actively trying to be bad. Utah and San Antonio, Houston and OKC, like they're actively trying to be bad. So that, to me, what this over-under exercise has shown me is like the Blazers are in the play-in. They're in the play-in. 
win some money on betting the over and then like start aiming for them to start. Let's start plotting how they get out of the play-in because they're going to be in that mix. They're going to be right there. Uh, the key for them is to finish sixth or above and avoid that mess and avoid playing one of the really good teams in the first round of the playoffs. But I think comfortably as we sit here, you know, the middle of July, July 20, this is a Friday, July 22nd episode. Yeah, they're going to be in the mix, and I'm not too worried about them being out of that mix. It's just how far can they climb? Uh, I don't think pr- probably my like I think the Blazers are the tenth best team in the West. Hot take from earlier this week is like I still think the margin is closer. Like I think it's like two games between b- between six and ten. Like it might even be two games between five and ten. Like it's going to be so so crowded in there. I think those teams are all really similar, and like just some sort of health luck and all of those things. Um, like is is what's going to determine it. But I, I I don't think even if the Blazers you know get the the ninth shortest odds or the ninth and worst odds here, like over under wise. To me, the gap is like why I'm pounding the over on the Blazers' win percentage because I, I just don't think the gap is that much. I think the Blazers are going to win 43 games. Like I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a number on it now. I bet I won't change from it. They're a 43 win team, no prob, no prob. And if they get hot, they're like a 49 win team. Uh, it's they've got it. It's no prob. And I think one of the reasons why I don't have them winning over 50 is I just think there's a bunch of good teams in the West. I think this exercise helped me kind of get there. That's going to do it for today's show. We got another week full of shows next week on Locked on Blazers. Come back and join us as we keep it rolling along. Your only daily Trailblazers podcast. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Hold up. 